Sorry about the open, everyone. Uh, my little doodad that plays it isn't playing it for some reason. Oh. Yeah, so you hear, I, hear, I played the closing music instead. Oh, think, that works. I think I was... Oh, that, that, that fancy contraption you got's not... Uh... Yeah, it's not playing it. Did you unplug it and plug it back in? No, I, I was cleaning off my desktop, and the file must have been sitting on my desktop. And I must have moved it to a folder, and I didn't repoint it, so that's clearly what happened. But it's all right. You can ah. live, live with a, a short intro. Just the, the music's still there. It's just the Commodore 64 uh, part was not there. Just make sure we you note that so we don't have to pay the royalty fees for this week. Oh, for the yeah, open. right. No, I got noted. 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 Um, <clears throat> pay Activision or whoever the fuck. All that money. Uh, how's your day, Squeezer? Oh, Squeezer, I want to tell you before oh. we get going, um, yeah. uh, I didn't get to edit my Ghostbusters uh, serial video yet. Oh, but just by happenstance, my cat has the sniffles, and the doc, the vet, wants me to stay home until our COVID tests. Now, so, all right, now you're just fucking with me. So next week, I'm gonna need to stay home in quarantine for like three days, and I could probably finish the, the video during the quarantine. You know, until Are you we know. Busting for, my balls, sir. Until we know for sure the cats. Ah, uh, what's up, nostalgia? We got beers cracking here. Now I'm just busting squeezers, chops. Yeah, beer cat. God damn it! <laughs> you believe me for a second? Yeah, <laughs> I. No, you kind because you kind of blew off the, you know. You're like, all right, let's go, because you had that in your back pocket. I did. I didn't want to waste it before we got to the show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I knew right away. I'm like, oh, he's going to shit on me for this because we're going so fast right now. <laughs> yes. Um, th- yes. Uh, my child sniffles that uh, she would have had from, you know, allergies, just like I have. And the inch of pollen that I was drawing faces in on our cars mm-hmm. uh, would lead you to believe, um, yeah, it was allergies and not COVID. So. So Thanks hap- for making me burn a sick day. Just so happens, but- Squeezer had a big project he had to get done. Well, uh, <laughs> you made very clear when I sent you the pictures that, <laughs> hey, hey, was I not going to take time off this week to begin with? It just moved those days around. Yeah, but this is going to be fun <laughs> for a few weeks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I was wait, and it's not like you know me when I do a project like I get so far and now it's going to sit there for two weeks. It's done. Like it is done there is a concrete slab and if anyone's interested and you want to come to eastern pennsylvania and pick up uh, a hot tub and you have enough glue to glue together 10 pieces of a hot tub and reconnect all the hoses that's in yeah. a dozen bags i told enchantress i was like yeah he's cutting apart some okay this was uh, sunday when i was deep when she came home from kentucky to me filming cereal in the living room <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was expecting to see it. I was... Yeah, I was like, Squeezer is uh, cutting apart a hot tub. She's like, he doesn't want to keep it? I'm like, I don't think he takes his shirt off, so I don't know how a hot tub well... would be appealing to him. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, we lost the no, live there's... stream. It'll be back. What'd it's we back. lose? It's back. The live stream's back. Oh, hi. Hi, everyone. It's going on. Yeah, no, when... I, I meant I didn't want it to begin with, 
and then I was trying, I was going to try and like sell it, give it away, make it find a dealer that would take it for something. And then one day I lifted the lid and only half of the water is in it mm. where two days ago it was full and there's just water somewhere pouring out from uh, hot tubs aren't supposed to empty out that fast. That and my electric blows through the roof, and you know me, so. Get Hank Hill to convert it to propane. <laughs> I do like the idea of turning it into a uh, giant crock pot. squirrel uh, crockpot for Jake. For Jake, <laughs> wabbits. I was kind of, I, I pictured, you know, the way Elmer Fudd used to put uh, bug bugs in there and cut up carrots and celery and like onions. In the like in a cauldron? Yeah, in a giant, and, and bugs would treat it like a hot tub. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was if anyone has a hot tub and you just have like something to get off your chest, like you just have some pent up energy, um, yeah, go get yourself a sawzall and go to town on that thing, man. It feels sawzall. good. Uh, Eric Erock, assuming from, you don't want it, Erock from Connecticut said he loved the sound of Irish crickets, and I'm like, is that Irish crickets beer opening? He said, yeah, he <laughs> learned it from Kevin Dillon on uh, the Victory podcast. Victory. Fucking Johnny drama still coming through, even though the show's off the air. Uh, what haven't we talked about since? Did we did we talk about the finale on the last show, or is it this week? The... Uh, no, it would have been this week because yeah. Yeah. it came out last Friday. I, I, everything I'm reading, people are like, ah, "I hate this." I loved it. They're like, "Yeah, character development." Yeah, because you were the one who warned me first. Like. Yeah, people are like, where was the character arc in this episode? I'm like, you, it's six episodes. There was the entire season of character arc. Right. And, okay. It's like, oh, he's just Captain America now? No, we built up to that. Yeah. I, I love the speech. No, he was Captain America. He was supposed to be Captain America at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I, I, I liked the speech. It was really great, but it was a little heavy-handed. <laughs> A little. A little it, it was like it was like someone like someone was writing it, and then they handed it to some guy, and that guy happened to be Aaron Sorkin, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do this, do that, do that." Right. And all in one beat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, if you could walk and, and uh, say it, <laughs> even better. No. Okay. What about fly? Can he fly while saying it? Uh, yeah, but then he'd be screaming then, yeah, the whole time. Blood did you get the villains were kind of? all over the place like someone's complaining it's like they yeah but what were they even but, trying to get at like what was their point like what they their, point, no real their, po their point their point was argument. no there no there was the point was that it's of not just black and white all the time it's sometimes it's a little gray and oh, who yeah. the true villain is and who the true hero is isn't always you know that easy no no, no not that but the villains themselves but who like, was the villain? They're, they're like, well, what was the point? Like, they didn't think that out, too. I'm like, well, a lot of villains don't. <laughs> like, that's my argument to that. It's like, what they think? They were going to kidnap them, and they were just going to... Yeah, they don't think that way. I thought they made Zemo a richer character. I thought the way... Oh, they I thought he was great. I thought the way they did Carl Morgenthau's Flag Smasher was good as a group of them, and Carly as the idealistic teen... She's a teenager. Of course she's an idiot. She's idealistic. They they want the cause over nothing else, you know. What if he gave a teach a, a teenagers who fucking uh, occupy Wall Street, make them super soldiers? Yeah, they're gonna do some shit. 
Yeah, so when you look at it from that point of view, yeah, it makes perfect sense that what they were doing didn't make sense. Right. And, yeah, and Sam Sam like the villains won if if you're looking at them as the villain because uh, Sam got what they wanted for them anyway. He said he even said, "I get what you want and that's righteous, but you're going about it the wrong way." Yeah. No, it was fun. And uh Sharon Carter wasn't she's a villain but she she's not she has no beef with them she's no business with them so she's not going to play a villain to them she's helping them Mm -hmm. yeah and she got to her end game like she got to where she wanted to be well she was she just was helping that they they had a mutual uh interest in catching carly who stole the super Mm -hmm. soldier from them but then at the end, you know, I don't get super soldiers, but I got government secret spoilers if you haven't seen mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was so telegraphed that I thought it couldn't be it, but then it was it. So, yeah, but I, I I know that they telegraphed it on purpose. I don't think they were hiding it. Like really, they're like, yeah, she's it. Like this is this is clear as day if you don't pick this up. Like she's gotcha. in a gallery, like an art <laughs> broker. She essentially says she's an art broker. <laughs> Yeah, and all art brokers are have a secret agenda. She's the power broker. No one actually does that. Yeah, right. There's really something else going on if you're an art broker. Um, I have I've have never heard of that job until I saw that movie just recently with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, where Bill Murray plays an art broker. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. something you can do with your life. Yeah, look at that. So is that something that you tell your parents that you want to do? Uh, I'm sure they would be thrilled. Oh, they're going to be an art broker. But like how many art brokers get to the point of being the fancy art broker and how many of them are just broke art <laughs> brokers? Yeah, probably all of them. I don't know. I God, like... you'd have to have so much knowledge and shit that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I care about art, but it's not like... I like art, but like this is like art history art, and if there's mm. one class I slept through in college every time, it was art history. No, nah, I mean, I'm, you know, Squeezer, I've been to the Louvre, if you heard of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, is that like a water slide? <laughs> I wish. That would have been way more fun. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Look, it's just, it's a dark room, it's a comfy chair, and it just you just hear click, click. Click, click, as you watch slides the whole time. I'm going to fall asleep. Um, Did you watch Mortal Kombat? Oh, absolutely. Uh, what did, I did, did you? No, we're seeing it at the drive-in t- uh, Friday night. Oh, fun. It's at Shank okay. Viler. I'll save it. Then we'll save that for next week, then. Yeah. I- I'm not expecting this to be good, by the way. Uh, Don't. Um, and, and don't take that as me shitting on it. I had a lot. I it was, what was awesome was awesome. What wasn't awesome really wasn't awesome. Yeah, well, that's I it mean, was just the both ends of the spectrum. Is, is it? Uh, very, I don't think it found any middle ground. Is it very much early game or late game? Uh, a little all over the place. Okay. Um, there's some characters you're gonna you and you. When was the last Mortal Kombat game you played? Three, Ultimate. Three. Oh, okay. There's gonna be a lot of characters you're gonna go. Uh, not a lot. Let me think. 
There, there's at least two I know for sure you're going to go, who the hell is that? Hmm. And me, I knew who they were because I played all those with fourth, third, fourth generation games, like from like 2000 to 2010, um, like Deception, Deadly Alliance, Armageddon. Like there are some characters from there. And as soon as I saw them, I'm like, cool, they're going to die. <laughs> Like it was just a given. Mm. Like you, you have all your big, all your your big bads and your big good guys, um, and you had the, a cast of good guys. And then you look at it and like, all right, someone from the good side has to die. And I start taking inventory. I'm like, well, it's not going to be the new guy that they just made up for no goddamn reason. And ah, oh, shit, it's going to be my favorite guy. And I knew it, and it was my favorite guy. So, but they killed him in a way that they can bring him back. Easily. Well, it's Mortal Kombat. Anyone can come back. Um, yeah, no, it was fun. It was gruesome. It wasn't to the point where I had to, like, turn my head. Like, I, I've seen all that. And honestly, there's much grosser shit actually in the game. It's much more graphic. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I saw someone posted the game is more graphic than the movie. Yeah. And, uh, as, and this isn't a nostalgia thing. Um, like this is, I know, look, there's some great moments. The first, the opening sequence, the first like 10 minutes is fantastic. The plot then goes all over the goddamn place. And at some point it's just, uh, deus ex machina, literally magic lightning just makes the plot happen. Oh, it's going to be right up my alley. Like, I could tell. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> movies. Like, it's almost would... like they just said, fuck this. We need them to fight. I'm going to be talking about a couple. Yeah, I mean, what else did you you go into a Mortal Kombat? Like, it's nostalgic said. Oh, you oh, go into it there expecting are people a Mortal so pissed that there wasn't some deep seated plot. You go into it expecting a Mortal Kombat movie and you'll be happy. And that's exactly what I'm expecting. Yes. Shout out exactly to what Aaron meant. James from Jersey. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the only the only thing I could say that, that, like to talk bad about it is, well, other than, you know, plot being all over the place, but. If I had to compare the two, like this doesn't have, even though it's more violent and true to character for from the games, the 1995 movie is just more fun, and it has that like camp where just you accept it. And the soundtrack, even though there's some cool beats in this, oh, is that song in there to it? Is that then and then 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 and then and then they they you you hear it? Okay, yeah. But it's not the it's you know it's not the original. They use a cue of it, like they're inspired by it. I yeah. think you would say. Yeah, yeah. I I I was surprised when I was I was I actually had my phone handy because I I kind of I got soft over the years. I think kids did it, and I was waiting to turn my head because I don't like that saw shit. I don't like those movies. Mm, no, I can't I watch that too. stuff. That porn, but that it, it's porn. a different that that yeah that torture porn kind of shit. I, hate I that. can't deal with that. But. In this sense, I love over the top violence. There's no way it could be real. Yeah, there's like the Quentin Tarantino and, you know, like the slasher movie violence. (laughs) Like the Kung Lao thing was absolutely hilarious. I I didn't see Um, it. So, no, I'm just, you know, know he's in it because you see him, but. Uh, five. They're gonna get five movies out of this. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> possibly. That's the other thing too. They set it up that they were pissed off. There weren't certain characters in it. They're like, look, we plan on doing a lot of these. The guy that they brought on to play Sub Zero is signed on for at least four movies. Shit. Is he gonna get his own like that shitty game he had? 
Well, I mean, this is kind of like his own. I'm not gonna lie. He's like Sub Zero's star of this movie. Not Liu Kang. Uh, uh, spoilers aside, Liu Kang is a supporting character at best in this. Wow. That's because I where because when it when and where it takes place. What about Sonya Blade? People are complaining. Uh, she plays a bigger role. Okay. Than Liu Kang. I where this it, and you'll see when you watch it where this takes place in the timeline and the tournament and that that's the key here like that's why Luke Kang doesn't play a big role now as he will in future films if they is, is this make a, them happen is this a prequel and not a prequel but it sets everything up so it's before Mortal Kombat 1 the game uh like there's no they don't take the game into account as far as like like it's its own galaxy its own universe it, hmm. you know it works off of all those storylines. Um, <coughs> um, but yeah, it'll... I, I hope that... I, I would want... I want four or five more. Three or four uh, more. I, I want to happen. I just feel exhausted just knowing that there's going to be four more. <laughs> Ooh, four more. Um, yeah, I didn't watch... I, I rewatched. watched uh, uh, Endgame, well, um, I watched Infinity War over the weekend, and then Endgame, I finished Monday night. Man, is Endgame such a fucking good movie. Hits you in the feels every time, too. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark's funeral. All, all those actors, they weren't all in the same place. Not, I think some of them were. But fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Last big movie before the world collapsed. <laughs> Oh, I also heard that there was the reason why the Flag Smashers were a little dialed down, where there was some biological warfare involved, and the disease. I, yeah, I've been hearing that. And the, it was too it on involved the nose. vaccines. Yeah, and... it it was too on the nose, and uh, that's why they were like chasing down vac. He said vaccines in the first episode, and uh, I guess it was too hmm. on the nose to what's going on now, and they're kind of like, okay, we need to change this. Oh come on, Disney! Yeah. Did you see? Then, then what, if Disney, it probably would have been cheaper for Disney just to, rather than go back and edit that out. I'm surprised they didn't just end the entire, you know, COVID thing anyway. Because they have the power to do it. I I guess they do. Fucking Disney. It's Disney's mess. No, they, they. To be fair, they kept that park closed for fucking like a year now. So maybe they don't. Hmm. Anyway, uh, you know the actor Dirk Blocker? Uh, this is a family show. <laughs> he posted this fucking picture. Remember the comic strip, The Far Side? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually have one or two of them even cut out. Yeah, well, he was part of a test for a Far Side live-action movie. And uh, I guess he, he tweeted, nothing came of it, but we had a grand time. And he posted two pictures. And Jesus Christ, man, they're terrifying. Oh, my God. I kind of want this to happen. This, this was. It this, had this have happened. This had to be like mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. I'll send the picture here. 
Yeah, that that is um, that's horrific. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of wish this would have occurred. That that's. Yeah, I know. I like how it would have had to have been live action. though. why wouldn't you just do it animated when it's already a cartoon? Well, what? Oh, probably because Flintstones and yeah, it's the way to go back then. Yeah. This would have been like ninety five, like ninety four, ninety three. So the Far Side. That was, that was a good strip. Mm-hmm. Far Side film, man. Um. Okay. I we've bantered long enough. Do you want to talk about our our subject at hand? Oh yes. I've been now, excited for this one. We are. I got. I actually got this idea because it's something the the boys over at um, this is important. Uh, they were talking about it, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that would be a good idea for a show for us." You know, <laughs> and keep the movies in the rad years vein. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they missed this week the show. This is important. Was on. Uh, I guess Adam Devine's dad got diagnosed with cancer. Hope you get better soon, uh-huh. sir, because I know you listen to the show. <laughs> Um, but yes, so that's, that was, uh, where I got that idea. And the idea is, uh, soundtracks that are better than the movie. Uh, it was amazing how easy this was to find a few. Yeah. I, 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 some, some of them like right off the top of my head, it just, right. I had, um, all I on tape or CD, all of, all of my picks and I had, uh, Two of yours, and and I'll ar- I'm arguing a movie of one of yours. That it it's the movie's better than the soundtrack. Yeah, we'll get to it though. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I won't disagree necessarily because here's the thing: like what you say is a bad movie, <laughs> but by saying that the soundtrack's better than the movie, I'm not saying that it's these a bad movie. Bad movies. You're just I saying. love some of these movies. Uh, and they play. Uh, yeah, and you, some of these you just left a pause and... break for me while I was taking a giant cup of beer. I am sweating my balls. <laughs> I was, off. I was choking. <laughs> I was choking on pollen. Sorry. It is <laughs> bad. It is probably eighty-five degrees up in my office. And... Oh, it is so weird outside. I took out a, a third of the hot tub, and uh, it was still toasty out there in the dark. Yeah, it's seventy-three out right now, and it's it's eleven o'clock at night. Seventy-three degrees out there out here. And in... they went and they went snow on Friday. Really? No. Uh, but I, I see. I believed it. I fucking believed. It. Oh, no. <laughs> by the way, one more piece of cool news before we get into uh, our show. The Noid, welcome back to the world. I am so happy the Noid is back. Avoid the Noid, everybody. For cold pizza. Um, I, I, I've been wait- I mean, it's just, why not bring the Noid back? Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Pizza Hut's bringing the retro logo back. Bring the Noid back. <laughs> no, it's great. The commercial's hysterical. And they, he wasn't, mm-hmm. and I love that he, he wasn't, and he might have been, and it might have just been like an effect, but they made it look, or it actually was stop motion, like claymation Noid. It wasn't like some fancy 3D Pixar Noid. Yeah. So good for you, Domino's. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I am going to support them, and by purchasing their pizza. Yeah, we don't support Domino's at all. <laughs> no, but me personally. 
Oh yeah, well, I you know me, yeah, I love Domino's. Our crew, our crew fucking loves right Domino's. Anytime I have to get you fucking monsters food, I just order Domino's because I can get like a butt fuck load of pizza for pretty cheap. Yep, and it's still not enough. Yeah, it's good too. It's good stuff. It's not. It's not great, but it's not bad. <laughs> No, out of all the fast food chains, I, I'm at that point. I'm at the, especially since they redid it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I I am digging a Domino's. Yeah, Enchantress and, and I. And don't get me wrong. I love, Pizza Hut has a place in my heart, but you have to block out an additional six hours the next day uh, <laughs> for personal matters. Yeah, I don't, I never, we never order Pizza Hut. We always get Domino's. Uh, she, I don't really, I'm, I don't have a stance on Papa John's. But she doesn't like I don't it. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of the sauce. Too sweet. Yeah. Yep. Way too sweet. Um. And uh, there's the Little Caesars. I I just I'm not I'm, I, I I have no opinion on either. I haven't had it since it re came back with their hot readies. But Domino's, man, uh, that I fuck with Domino's all the time. So. Mm-hmm. So get your Domino's and use the code RAD. Use the code RAD to get nothing <laughs> off your nothing. <laughs> yeah. Get nothing off your heartburn. See what you get. Just type it in. See what happens. <laughs> Use the code RAD and get free heartburn. And then when you don't get anything, call and complain. Some some assholes in the podcast that if I type this in, I'll get something. Who are they? And maybe, and maybe they'll, and just to appease you, they'll give you something. You get some breadsticks or some shit. Give it a try. Yeah, and maybe Domino's will send me an email saying like, hey, we'll make your code valid. Just reply back and mention this on the show, and you'll never hear us talk about it again. <laughs> I still feel bad for the last blockbuster. The mo- the people from the movie emailed me in November and they sent me a link to watch it and they're like, "Hey, if you can mention it, I think your fans will like it." And I just ignored it. <laughs> and uh I really I watched it on Netflix and I'm like, "This is really good. I should have watched this the screener and and <laughs> and help promote this for these these fine folks." But I'm an asshole and here we are. All right, Squeezer, I believe it's your turn for first, right? <coughs> I, I think so, yes. All right, so here is Squeezer's first pick for a movie soundtrack. And if you if you Google this topic, your first pick is, like, always on every list. Really? This is actually uh, the first CD I ever bought. I was, I, when I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's going to be Squeezer's pick. Here's Squeezer's pick. We're probably going to get kicked off of YouTube for this. I bet you. Sorry, guys. Especially, it's a night, too, where everyone's here. Yeah. Well, I cut all my clips at 15 seconds, and I mixed it all down. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. This has already been longer than 15 seconds. No, it was 15 seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, anywho... Maximum Overdrive. Maybe if we just make sure we talk over it uh, every, so, every so often. Um, maximum Overdrive, the album Who Made Who, because it wasn't even like the Maximum Overdrive soundtrack. It was Who Made Who. And it was basically a, I wouldn't say best of, because there are only like two hit songs on it from ACDC, but uh, a collective of ACDC. I mean... When you're doing coke and driving a big rig, there's no better music than ACDC, I think. Well, when you're doing coke and directing a movie, 
you all you want is ACDC. This this was Stephen King's like number one demand is that he wanted ACDC to do the soundtrack. He was probably screams scream singing it too. <laughs> oh, like just imagine yes. this scene. We salute you. <laughs> like whoa. Anyone have it's a like, strength Sir, We're for... still rolling. Can you say cut? <laughs> that film costs a lot of money. Fuck uh, it. Fuck it. I just imagine someone that powerful and coked out of their mind just screaming fuck it like that. That's where you want to be one day? Is that it? I, you've known me for how long? And you know I, that doesn't exist inside of me. <laughs> someone, you know, you've seen the video before, and I know we're kind of getting a tangent early here. But uh, the video of Cuba Gooding Jr. getting his Oscar and the, from the control room and the director snap cutting, it's been around for years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, someone tweeted it and it kind of went viral the other day. And people were asking, why is that guy snapping? And I replied back on Twitter, because he's an asshole. Yep. <laughs> like, that's called snap cutting. <laughs> and only fucking obnoxious shitheads do it. Yeah. And, and like, I feel bad. Yeah, it, all it is is it's, it's look at me. Yeah, right. Right. And I guarantee you, though, he wasn't doing that in the entire show. He knew the camera was on him. Uh, it, it, was, it was very much... Yeah, it's. I mean, you got to rewatch it to know what I'm talking about. But unless you remember, it is very much like a friend of ours who's not a friend of ours. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh, that snap cutting shit. Like lifting up out of a seat, snap cut. Oh god, that's so fucking douchey. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're just. It's just me, 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 me. Look at me. I'm. Because because it adds it adds an extra element to directing. Because really, as a director, your job is to sit there with your hands in your pockets and look at the screens and then tell the guy next to you to make the rest of everything else happen. Right. That's why I feel like you should be able to direct in TD. But it's a union thing, so. Yeah. There, there are certain shows. The more complex you get, it doesn't hurt to have a... I challenge that. There's some big shows. Yeah, but I mean, if it gets that big, what good's a TD gonna do? <laughs> if you're a good TD and a director, you should be able to do both. Uh, I I'm disagree. neither. So, well, I've done there's it a lot a more lot, than you. So, uh, uh, well, there's I'm a gonna... lot of screens up there and a lot of buttons down there. Yeah, but if you know your craft, you don't always need to see the screen. <laughs> Especially if you know if you have camera guys like Squeezer on, you know he's gonna get the shot. Yeah, but most of the time you don't, and there's enough framing to the right for fucking I was explaining commercial billboard. to Enchantress tonight why baseball's the hardest show to cut. And she's yes. like, she thought hockey would be, and following the puck, I go, no, Squeezer follows the fucking puck like like a bird dog. Like, he's, like, the, all, all sports that are set up on a square that you go on a line and go back and forth on are really easy to direct. Baseball you have to be 360 and the ball can go fucking anywhere. Yeah. And every field. And you're not even in, and you don't even cut to me. Like I'm there for replays and when shit ends, then you go to me. Right. Or if you, you if I, the, you yeah, cut, if it goes into a dead zone where two can't see it, I was explaining that to her yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Most of the time you're just sitting there on one camera going back. If you're doing it right. You're sitting on one camera going back and forth. If you're yeah. doing it wrong, you're cutting around. Like when it's when it's hard, at me, it's when there's around. yeah. When it's hard is when there's runners on base and a ball a ball goes into play, and you have to show where the ball went, 
and then what happens afterwards? You have to be able yeah. to cognizant of where the runner's going, where the runner was, and where the ball is. <laughs> and hope that the camera guys got their assignments. <laughs> yeah, right. And then hope that replay got what you missed. <laughs> All while telling fart jokes. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a story. I'm not stopping for a hit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, maximum overdrive. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Maximum Overdrive, Who Made Who by ACDC. This was like their first big uh, swing back into, well, like charts, basically. So Back in Black came out in 80, 81. And then the next two albums were kind of meh. And hair metal was becoming a thing. So ACDC was kind of like, ah, the Aussies go do your thing. Um, but the single Who Made Who... Uh, did really well, and then it kind of set them up for their for their next couple albums, and then you get like Thunderstruck and all that shit. Um, but yeah, this was a, a big deal for them. And what's funny is when you talk about movies soundtracks that are better than the movies, just financially, you would think, okay, the movie still has to make more money. Maximum Overdrive in the U.S made 3.5 million dollars who made who sold 5 million copies who that's made five times who made who indeed yes that's that's five times platinum so at 5 million copies at i was doing the math here mm -hmm. somewhere between five and ten dollars mm -hmm. back in those days mm-hmm you already doubled your money. The soundtrack made twice as much money as the movie made in theaters. Yeah. So, the, and it didn't cost near the fraction of what it cost them. You're saying who made who? Is this a song or is this an album? Uh, it's an album and a song. So, what, the who made who was the first song that played. The video games they played me. Okay. Now, that's, was that's the song the, off the album Who Made Who? Was the song and it's in the movie? Was it on the soundtrack? Yes. This is the soundtrack. Well, then what sold? the Are you saying the soundtrack to this movie sold $5 million or the album Who Made Who? The album Who Made Who, which oh. is the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive. There oh. is no Maximum Overdrive soundtrack. Oh, it's the album Who Made Who? Yeah. That, like, it is the official Maximum Overdrive album. It is, it is the album for Maximum Overdrive. So it's one and the same. It's one and the same. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it uh, did they it, did it they write it than the actual What's did that? they write it for the movie or did he want these yes. songs? Yeah. Okay. No, he commissioned <laughs> he commissioned ACDC to do the soundtrack. So there's two um, uh, uh, non instrumentals. Thank you. Non vocal tracks. There's two instrumentals on it that are basically uh the the score to the movie and then who made who is also on there that they wrote and when they approached acdc like well we don't want to just make a best of album and put it on the movie we want to produce something for it so that's when they wrote who made who for the movie and then gotcha. they uh put on you shook me all night long and hell's bells because those are their two biggest two of their biggest songs at the time and then they filled it with a bunch of garbage from their previous 
<coughs> two albums that bombed, which I'm okay with. I actually kind of like some of those other tracks. I've never but, been uh, the biggest ACDC fan. Like, I like some of their songs, and I like them in Iron Man movies and Avengers mm-hmm. movies, but I'm never, I'm not like actively listening to ACDC. I did. Now, now, if it comes on, I'll. You'll, you'll maybe it depends what it is. You'll find that uh, from my list of albums, I really uh, existed in the, the '90s grunge. Uh, uh, 90s alternative, 90s grunge, 90s uh, new metal movement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like it is very much like E-Rock said, like the Prince Batman sounds kind of soundtrack, which as a kid, yeah. I had no idea of Prince's involvement in Batman at all. I didn't know he even did a song for it. <laughs> no. I was like, who's this guy with his butt cheek showing? First time I ever heard of Prince was I had a... Uh, one of those Galoob Sid Vicious figures. And those Galoob WCW figures were just a piece of plastic, like a hard piece of plastic, kind of like the LJN WWF figures, but like a little harder and smaller. Mm-hmm. And like the paint wore off his Sid's butt cheeks. And my friend Matt's older sister had a friend over and he's like, what is this? A Prince action? He's got a Prince costume on. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And then I realized, oh, because his butt cheeks are showing. <laughs> Like who's Prince? What Prince of what? <laughs> Thieves? <laughs> Aladdin? <laughs> yeah, that's how much I knew about pop culture as a child. Catholic. Yeah, soul, there was uh, a whole uh, other world going on while I was playing with Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, well I was sequestered in Catholic school, squeezer. <laughs> pop culture oh. didn't exist to me. Oh well, and I was also fat and unpopular, so it's basically just it's the Catholic school of public school. <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't fat, but I was definitely not popular. <laughs> Well, not popular in a Catholic school, just means you're a Catholic school. Right. I was one of 20 kids <laughs> in the class. None of us were popular. We all loathed ourselves. I wasn't even popular with the priest, goddammit. Too loud. No one wanted to give me private basketball lessons. Yeah, all the teachers hated me because I was a dickhead. <laughs> Doing impressions of them. Bad impressions of them. So see, guys who are mad at my yeah. impressions... Join my Catholic school teachers. It's been a long list of people who hated my impressions. You got any more on this album? No, no, turn? we're good. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was first CD I ever bought. I, I told you last week my first CDs, or did I tell you at work? Mm, probably told me at work. My first two CDs I got. So after I had I had migraines as a kid, really bad, and when I hit puberty. It threw me into seizures. I had my first seizure eating Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, and they thought it was the pizza. It wasn't the pizza. It was. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I I had a seizure. My dad bought me uh, my first CD player, uh, a Discman, um, from Clover, uh, the Clover that where my head got clamped under, which could have led to my <laughs> seizures. I'll be it enough. Um, so, and he, I had two albums picked out based on the music I like. Aerosmith Classics Live Volume 2 and The Best of Billy Joel. <laughs> Good albums. It, they are. <laughs> those were, I had tapes, though, before that. Those were, those were my first two mm-hmm. CDs. Tapes were in my life before that. Um, all right. Here, I'm going to try to uh, test the, the YouTube 
limits here. Here is my first pick. So dark and brooding. <laughs> oh, then we got this beauty. I uh, I went in a big tool rabbit hole earlier or last week before I even had this idea or maybe I did I don't know what got me in the tool but I heard him on lithium and I heard sober on lithium and I just started listening to tool at work um, I'm, a, I'm a big tool fan managing James Keen I got to see him in concert a few years ago this is uh, the one by white zombie these are all songs the first three songs off of escape from LA the soundtrack now I own the soundtrack and I thought it was going to be a good movie because I was a John Carpenter fan. I am a John Carpenter fan and let's dig into this a little this white zombie was fucking tight Rob Zombie's good but white zombie was fucking awesome let's get some singing there singing I said with air quotes At some point, he's like, yeah, baby, run away. Run, baby, run, escape from L.A. That's my best, Rob Zombie. <laughs> now, I loved Escape from New York. Um, that came out. I saw it as my dad. It was a movie my dad and I watched together. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. My mom, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, think of how stupid it is. Like. Manhattan's turned into a giant jail. Air Force One crashes into it, and the president's taken hostage by a group of villains, and they have to get Snake uh, to to get him, who who is a, a, a special forces or something, right? And he turned criminal to 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 save him from it. It sounds crazy, but. I just watched a movie where you take a magical spaceship that's impervious to gravity and fly inside the Earth to a magical world to get a monkey to fight a lizard. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then they decided to do Escape from L.A. Uh, <laughs> in this movie, there's a different guy as president and he's super conservative. And anybody who doesn't abide by it, they put on to California, which is now an island. It broke off during a uh, earthquake squeezer. Ah, is it is this some people's uh, wishful thinking or I, John Carp? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Donald Trump fucking jerks off to this movie, <laughs> <laughs> or peas on hookers do it. I don't know. Whatever, whatever's his bag. Uh, I don't even know if Donald Trump's truly hyper conservative. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, I just think he went with those because he got him got him popular. You know, people liked him for saying it. Uh, so I, I I probably Tucker Carlson masturbates to this movie. Yeah, hmm. That's an image now that I can't get out of my head. Mm, yeah, live with it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. So uh, the president's daughter, she takes the detonator to this giant weapon that will destroy the world that her dad has. And she <laughs> sneaks to L.A. to be with the rebel leader that she loves. <laughs> so uh, there's the government 
takes Commando turned crook Snake Pliskin once again to go in and retrieve the woman. And they said if she doesn't do it quickly, he doesn't do it quickly, they'll kill him. And this is set in 2013. So, wow. Shit, I didn't even think about that. The first movie set in 1997. And it came out in 1981. This movie came out in 1996. And it's set in 2013. Wow, they were really shooting for the sky in that one. It's like... Yeah. Maybe, maybe this will happen in the next. Uh, yeah, they got they got close. Years. They got close. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first one was critically acclaimed. This one scored a fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty nine percent audience score. That's where you really get a feel for if people liked it or not. And I love these movies, and I love Kurt Russell. But some of this, there there are scenes where it feels like you're watching something, not even like a sci fi channel movie, but like. Some of the costumes and stuff. Like, it's oh, like, the special like effects like in, a, in this movie were fucking awful. Yeah, like it, it, it's like it was like a college movie, like a project film. Right, right. Um, Christopher Harris of Globe and Mail said, "Escape from L.A. is too preposterous to be a good film, but in keeping with its title, it does provide a couple hours of entertaining escapism." I, I listen. I guess I like the first one too much. I well, I saw it. But I was really pumped for it. I had the album. I loved the music in it. It had, mm-hmm. let me give you every song in it. it, had, it da- Stabbing Westward was the first song, which was the first song I played. I loved them. Tool, mm-hmm. White Zombie, Toadies, Butthole Surfers, Sugar Ray, Gravity Kills, Sugar Ray Before They Went Pop, Gravity Kills, Tori Amos, Ministry, Orange 9mm, Clutch, Civ, Sex Pod, and it ends with Can't Even Breathe by the Deftones. This was That's awesome. Right up my brooding trying to be a skateboard alley skateboard kid alley in 1995 when it came out or or nine yeah i think i got it like late 95 early 96 i would argue that's it's almost like the soundtrack to my life only i don't have an eye patch and you're not sleeveless vest yeah well you do Oh, that's right, I do. <laughs> you do. As opposed to as opposed to the sleeved vests. Sorry. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> this is my sleeved vest. <laughs> it's a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean, it's not the worst movie ever, but the soundtrack clearly tops this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't argue that. Yeah. I, and now Escape from New York is a fucking fun kick-ass movie, and I don't know if you knew but I, I try to tip off what something I'm talking about with the the video game score I play to start the song. If you're watching on YouTube, I start the show. Yeah, I was trying to. It was really. It was kind of hard for me to hear. It was coming in weird on my headphones. I was trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, well, it sounds exactly how you heard it. That was the Commodore 64 game, Escape from New York, from 1981. Oh, all right. Well, it, well, it sounded it sounded great. If if it's supposed to sound like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, but yeah, John Carpenter, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, I mean, the first, you're a fan of, uh, Donald Pleasance. That's probably why you like the first movie. Oh, I love the first one. Yeah. Yeah. You've said that on the show many times. That conniving you, little, because like, I pitch, it's like, oh, that's going to be me one day. What is the president? <laughs> no, Donald Pleasant. Oh. Okay. Uh. Let's move on, Mr. Squeezer, to your second pick for a soundtrack that was better than the movie for which it came. Let's go. 
that Metallica? Uh, Megadeth. Megadeth. Ah. Got some Alice in Chains in here. Yeah. Did you like this movie, by the way? I did, actually. I did. My mom pulled me out of theater because she thought it was too violent. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. She actually, this is the first movie she took me out. It's like, you are not watching this. Man. I eventually. She yeah. was a fucking prude. She had a, yeah, she had a stick up her ass for a while there. Um, like my parents. And then, we and then the... she got divorced and then was like, Fuck, have fun. Go let your friends on fire in the backyard. Like Jeffrey still has a stick up his ass and he let me watch some of this horrible shit. Ooh, some Queensryche. Oh, is this uh, House of Pain? Or, uh, no. Um, Cy Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. So, yeah, um, last action hero. Now, you could argue that immediately Aerosmith? just by the first... Oh, yeah, sorry. And it's, it's a live, live version, version yeah. From their 10th anniversary. That's actually what's on the soundtrack. They uh, This song became really huge because of that hockey movie. Like, okay, it was big, but Aerosmith be became, like, big again in the 90s. Yeah. For none of their old songs. Everyone knew them for the Alicia Silverstone songs. And then that mm -hmm. hockey ice hockey movie came out. And uh, what's it? Miracle. Right? Oh, the oh, another Kurt Russell vehicle. Yeah, Kurt Russell was the coach, right? Da our our yeah. our friend Dan, who uh, hosts we we just nerd here podcast, which is a much more professional uh, retro podcast. No, no, professional podcast. Yes, it's it's just professional to begin with. Uh, if you want to hear guys who have their shit together and know how to like you know do this, listen to we just nerd here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and fuck, did I leave off big guns on this? Because that's, it's because I was so worried when I was editing because I had so much ACDC before, but big guns by ACDC was like the anchor to this. Uh, it was a massive hit. Um, what else went big? Uh, Two Steps Behind by Def Leppard charted. Uh, Real World by Queensryche charted. Um, Fishbone actually was up to number seven with Swim. Um and then Tesla. Uh, you could argue that because of this, that because that song's on here, that this album should be disqualified right away because it was so fucking bad. Um, they actually... So Big Gun became the big song of the movie. and But it was supposed to be Last Action Hero by Tesla. So Tesla was commissioned to write a song for the movie last action hero so they just wrote a song last action here like if you and i had to write a song for a movie entitled last action hero what would you and i do just, go, just go last, last action, action hero, hero. i'm yeah, sorry uh, so i just want to quick make a, a dan's podcast is called Dorkfest the podcast our friends we just nerd here that's another great podcast that are much more professional and have the shit together listen to both yes. we just nerd here and Dorkfest, the podcast. That's Dan's. Sorry. 
All right, continue. Yeah. Yeah, listen and listen to us first so you don't listen to them and go like, what the hell am I listening to now? You want to always step it up each time. Mm. Production quality and value and, yeah. It makes us, doesn't make us look bad uh, as we ramble on nonsensically. Um, but what happened was this song was so bad and this song was supposed to play, you know, at the end of the movie where he throws the axe at the guy? Yes. Uh, this th- this was supposed last action hero was supposed to play, <laughs> but at-, at that moment, and then they're like this like but w- you've edited with music before. It's like this doesn't work. How are the hell are we supposed to do this? You know who so that probably was? Been... That was probably uh, John Peters who wanted that to happen. He was the producer of that film. Him and Peter Gruber from the book Hit and Run, who took over Sony Studios. That was their pile of shit. Last action hero. That was his. He was the producer mm. of Batman eighty nine. He was the one mm-hmm. who just he, he was the one who made the scene. Let's get nuts happen. <laughs> you want to get nuts? <laughs> um. So they replaced it with ACDC, and then and then they're like, all right, well, at the end of the movie, you know, for the credit roll, then we'll put Last Action Hero. But they don't. They play Big Gun again, and then post and then at the end of the credits, the last track is Last Action Hero. So. And in an era where no one stuck around for post-credit scenes because there weren't any, that's where you got your last action hero. Nostalgia Addict um, said he got one of his star logs from Dino Drac had last action hero. I'm looking at mine. I have Batman Returns previews, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and Quantum Leap. I've now been a Dino Drac Fun Pack subscriber for... Going, it's gonna be eight years in November. Wow. I have problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you only have problems if you, uh, if you can't afford it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Twelve. There you go. Times eight. I've given him. I would give <laughs> given him twenty four. Uh, twenty four hundred dollars of my money has gone to. Matt, and it's well worth every penny, by the way. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, this movie I did not like. And Chancellor and I were talking; she likes it. I I hated this movie. Uh, no, at, at so the time boring. I liked it. I haven't. I probably haven't seen it since I got to see it after the whole theater shenanigans. So I probably saw it like ninety five or something like that. Uh, if I was able to get that blockbuster. Because I saw the whole movie, but I remember her pulling me out of the theater uh, early on. But the soundtrack to it it is pretty awesome. It's so 1993. Um, Like, it's like just a little snapshot. A lot of, like, metal into rap kind of thing. It's very... Hmm. uh, 1993, it's very much Squeezer in 1999. So, All right. uh, Let's see. I guess it's my turn to talk i have to get some things aligned here because lining up the things um i'm trying else to think i want i wanted to okay so yeah uh you're trying to think about what i don't know i forgot 
Should I move on or you want to keep going? Yeah. Oh no, you can move in. That was me. I was trying. I was telling the people that I was trying to think of something oh. to fill with while you did oh, your thing. Oh no, 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 so no, no, no. There we no, go. I was. We I, I wanted to segue, but I wanted to check the year. That's what I had to do. I was gonna say, well, <laughs> well, this was you in '93. This was very much me in 1994. You did this way better than me by blending them together. I just have them all. Oh, it's gonna make me cry. And you say, you say I only squeeze what I want, squeeze it. You. Oh, could, it's like a middle school dance right now. Right, and who could forget this song? Right now we got a new one from the Juliana Hatfield 3. Spin the Bottle is the third video they've given us from Become What You Are. And it's also included on the soundtrack to the new Winona Ryder film, Reality Bites. And Ben Stiller, who directed the movie, also directed, directed this the video. video. And making guest appearances are Winona's co-star in the Reality Bites, Ethan Hawke, plus Scott Thompson, who is in Kids in the Hall, and belly singer Tanya Donnelly. And we also hear in the movie that Dave Perner plays a cameo part in the movie. And gee, I wonder how he got that gig. Here it is, Spin the Bottle from the Juliana Hatfield <laughs> 3. Dave Perner from Collective, not Collective Souls, uh, Soul Asylum. It's from 100, this is a clip from 120 Minutes. Squeezer. That was the, my favorite show on MTV. <laughs> Okay, so this is the clearly the Reality Bites uh, soundtrack. And if you're like, Reality Bites is a good movie, it's an okay movie. The movie's not bad. It's very Generation X, I can't find my place in the world, you know, that they thought was very exclusive to them. But it kind of was to all of us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, where every new generation faces a shit economy at some point in their life. But it had a great soundtrack. Uh, My Sharona by The Knack, Spin the Bottle, which you just heard by Julian Hatfield, Bed of Roses by The Indians, When You Come Back to Me, World, pa World Party, Going, Going, Gone by The Posies, Stay, which is also called I Miss You, by um, Lisa Loeb in Nine Stories, which is, I mean, that song is... Yeah, well, just Lisa Loeb alone is... Um, what else we got? We got All I Want Is You by U2. I'm not a big U2 fan. Uh, Locked Out by Crowded House. Spinning Around Over You by Lenny Kravitz. There was a point in time where Lenny Kravitz was a fucking god. Uh, I'm Nothing. Ethan Hawke, who stars in the movie, had put his own song on it. Turnip Farm by Dinosaur Jr. Uh, Revival by Me Fi Me, which apparently was the only song Ben Stiller insisted make the movie. Tempted by Squeeze, not Squeezer, and of course, a much better version of the Peter Frampton hit. In my opinion, this is the ultimate version of Baby I Love Your Way by the reggae band Big Mountain. <laughs> this, quite frankly, was the reason I bought this album. Ooh, baby, I love your way. 
I'm not joking. I like this version way better than Peter Frampton's. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. So, um, here's a good story. So, my buddy, this came out, the soundtrack came out, I don't know, maybe, so the movie came out January 94. Uh, the soundtrack could have came out in the fall of 93. So, I get it as a tape. And I, I do, it's one of those where I rip off Columbia House. They <laughs> get like eight tapes for a penny and, you know, um... I know my mom kept it up. We, we bought like one or two tapes for like $23 after that. But uh, I got Beavis and Butthead experience with it, I remember, in particular. Uh, I can't remember every other tape I got with it, but I definitely got this one. Because my friend Matt's sister had the CD and was like, this is the best CD. And I was like, reality bites. I never, what is this? Like, I don't know. And I got th- I got it. And man, the song Stay by Lisa Loeb was like the fucking hottest song and big bounce baby i love your way another one uh, the soundtrack is really good and you know when i wound up seeing the movie and watch i'm like that's eh, great but the soundtrack was really good and so i was listening to it on my cassette portable cassette walkman player and th- there's a curse word in the song and this was like before i really you know like in two years every album i, ha- I buy will have parental advisory explicit lyrics but like in '93, I'm 11. You know, I I I just turned 11 when I get this album, and there's a line in that Julian Hatfield spin the bottle song where he says, "She is such a sucker. He don't want to fuck her," and it's just so innocent. But I was like, "Oh my god," he says, "Fucking that song." <laughs> and I remember we were in my dad's. I think his he had his first suburban at the time, and I was like, I was playing it in the cassette player and. My dad gets back in the car and Lisa goes, "There's a they curse on Ryan's tape." What a rat! Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, and, "Give it to me." But they and they say, and they say it in the, in the proper uh, censurable context. It wasn't just "Oh fuck that." It was right. Yeah, no, fuck that. Like yeah, the more. But, I mean. Uh... Come on. But he, he said he was going to take it. He never did take the tape from me, I don't think. I think as soon as he looked at it and saw the Knacks, My Sharona, as the first song, he's like, oh, you can have this back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking U2 song on it. What are you listening to that crap for? I couldn't even tell you. My dad likes Kansas and the Little River Band. I, I really, Jeez. yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he even really likes music at all. I find that so strange. Not not him. No, I see it, but just anyone. Like I'm just I, I, I always have to have like something, just a soundtrack to my life. And I couldn't imagine if it was Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's corn. Fucks for fuck's sake, not Kansas. <laughs> um, yeah. But David Pierner, I, I guess he played Phineas. I couldn't tell you who Phineas was. But he did. The lead singer of Soul Asylum. He was like big into the scene back then. And in 94, like he did, like, um, he had the huge, they had the huge hit Runaway Train. Yeah. And then he did, I can't even tell for Clerks. And they shot the video on top of, and like, you know, I think he, he might have done a song for, uh, Go Fish to, I can't find it or not. But then, he did the entire 
like score for chasing Amy. You know that song at the beginning called Doom 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 Doom. That was called Tuba Wonderful, and that was done by David Pierner. And there's some other like pieces in there, which Dave just did, and I think he did it for free for Kevin. Oh. Um. And then there's two Soul Asylum songs in the soundtrack. Um, and then of course Kevin used Misery for Clerks too, because you know, you know. But yeah, I, I, you know, I like David Pierner. I think he's a talented guy. But he was dating Winona Ryder at the time. That's why the the snide comment came from the V ah. at the beginning of that intro. Well, how do you think you got your job? Yeah. I was dating Winona Ryder. That's how I got my job now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dinosaur Jack wouldn't have been able to buy that old can of pasta. Oh, oh uh, Chef Boyardee pasta. Ninja Turtles pasta. Or Street Sharks pasta. If Squeezer. It's for Squeezer to reference if I, I wasn't buying his fun packs. See, it came full circle. Yeah. You supported our show. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, should we move on? Your next soundtrack? Uh, sure. Uh, we've talked about this uh, album ad nauseum. But... Okay. This is me. It's my alter ego. That was a fun joke until he he became like a weird rapist pedophile. the beginning one. No, this is the beginning. The okay. end of the beginning is the faster one. The beginning of the end is the beginning. Even I get him confused. Foolish Games is on this soundtrack? Dude, I'll tell you all about that. that it, it, it was a thing. Huh. Yeah. Oh, this was huge. Um, and then my favorite Goo Goo Dolls song off my... Well, apparently... I didn't realize off my favorite Goo Goo Dolls album. I didn't know Lazy Eye actually was only ever released on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Goo Goo Dolls are pretty good live, I'm telling you. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I still don't like that goddamn Iris song. Kind of ruined them for me. Um, nice I like how it's like, oh, it's okay. He's got a telescope. He's just staring. No, no, no. You're a creep. Hi, Shmavin. You're a creep. Sitting there, Uncle Squeezer's ignoring you. Telescope. Hi, Schmuffin. Sorry, I'm brooding about. She she came in. Telescopes. Hi. Hi, my little one. Anyway, this is the Batman and Robin soundtrack (laughs) from Batman and Robin, and so I know for a fact you're not going to argue with me 
that this is the movie where the movie is better than the soundtrack, right? Yeah, the movie's way That's better a safe than the soundtrack. Bet. I'm not putting money on that one. Yeah. Uh I no. have a feeling I I I know which movie you're talking about, but Yeah, I I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I there's one of these movies that's like in one of it's one of my favorite movies and soundtrack's good, but Yeah. Um but in in the big picture of things, I you know. I I again, I'm just saying, you know, this is what they say. Yeah, this is not the case. This movie's no. dog shit. And this album's amazing. And it is. Um you got two Smashing Pumpkin songs that we talked about. The end is the beginning is the end, and the beginning is the end is the beginning. And only Billy Corgan would name songs that. And one um, of them is really good. Like, the faster-paced yeah. one is really fucking good. And I, I like, but I do like the slower one, too. It, I, yeah, no, I like all of, I like all of Smashing Pumpkin yeah. stuff, but the, the, the song was, like, fucking, like, oh, shit. It might have been one of their yeah. last, like, fucking great songs. Uh, yeah, Billy listens uh, and he wants to be my friend. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It was, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, uh, look into my eyes, uh, bone thugs and harmony on there. Gotham city by R Kelly before he got super, super weird. Uh, house on fire by Arcana, uh, revolution by REM was also on here. Uh, foolish games by jewel so uh her foolish games the album that foolish games was on wasn't to be released until the summer um so this actually that song that massive hit that you heard all over the damn radio was actually the radio edit of foolish games which was done for the batman and robin soundtrack so where in the, the movie? Games, <clears throat> where in the movie? Song, what's that? Where in the fucking movie is Foolish Games? Oh, it's not in the movie. It's just on the soundtrack. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, yeah no, music inspired yeah. by. Yeah, music inspired by, um, music from and inspired by the Batman and Robin motion picture soundtrack. Even though this was like her biggest hit and. It's for her upcoming album, Foolish Games, which I doubt she's like, oh, my God, Batman and Robin, I'm going to write the song Foolish Games and then make an entire album out of it. No, this was a way for them to get it out a little early and then get it also a radio play in advance and stuff like that. So th- there was a radio edit to cut a couple of verses for time um, that shows musical integrity. Hey, I will cut my song in half. So you could play it on the radio. Um, but yeah, so this came out about two months before the actual Foolish Games album came out. Uh, let's see. Okay. And In then- context of the film, the song parallels Bruce Wayne's relationship with Julie Madison, whom he has to reject in order to protect. That is barely... A second of a subplot in this piece of shit movie. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. It's amazing how you can just make shit up. Yeah, right. <clears throat> uh, like, he has one scene with her, I think. 
maybe well, it was played by Al McPherson. She can't act, so I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. And and how I don't even remember it. Like it, it's just, it's just so forgettable. Like because this whole point of the movie, like you just it moves from one to the other. It just keeps going. And, and you know, I'm about to admit something that is tr- like Julie Madison's been in Batman books for since fucking Bob Kane years. I had no idea that that was who that character was in Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's how funny that is <laughs> until just now. I'm, I am this many years old when I realized that Ellen McPherson played Julie Madison in Batman and Robin. If you want a good Julie <laughs> Madison story, she's in Gotham by Gaslight. Um, but yeah, this, this whole album, uh, was huge in me. Oh, and then they, they threw on like the overture and some other, you know, <coughs> score tracks from the movie. Uh, and then Moner by Underworld. Uh, but this, I remember I got this CD. I got this with um, my first Discman uh, mm. for my birthday. That uh, I would have been. No, was I really. Was I really 14 when I actually got my first Discman? Yeah, I think I was. I got a CD player, but I would have to take all my CDs and copy them into cassette because I walked around with my fucking uh, Sony uh, waterproof sport cassette player. Um, so, yeah, my aunt and uncle got me my first uh, CD player, and uh, the CD that came with it was the Batman and Robin soundtrack, and they nailed it out of the park with that. Epic. Hmm. Great, great soundtrack. Awful movie. God, I still can't yeah. believe that was Julie yeah. Madison. <laughs> like, fuck. Did you know that? No. Okay. I was gonna. I was just like, honestly. No, I'm not. I'm not pretending I knew. It. I. I'm even. I had to think twice. Like, to, like. And I, I never gave her a name in the movie because it, it meant nothing. Right. Yeah. There was so little scenes with her. She's like, no, Bruce, don't. You know, like, fuck. I don't know. It's Julian Madison. Like, I know Greg Capullo. I last read at New Fifty Two. Greg Capullo and uh, it wasn't fucking Snyder who did it. I forget who wrote it, but Greg Capullo drew her with like tattoos and an eye and like eyebrow piercing, and she was in Zero Year. But uh, fuck. I had no idea that's who she was supposed to be in. Like, Chase Meridian was just made up. Like, she wasn't from the comic books. Mm-hmm. But Vicky Vale was. I, and I had no idea they used Julie Mattis. Oh, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> you learn something new every day. I'm still blown away by that. I'm pretty sure Chase Meridian was made up. I don't remember her from comic books. That was who played? <coughs> Trace Meridian was made up for the movie. Are you, are, are you have anything more to say about? No, no, you can you can go down this rabbit hole. All right, Chase Meridian was made for the movie. But thank you. <laughs> uh, that I'm about to talk about. This soundtrack was also fire. The the movie that came the penultimate of. A movie of the, I guess you'd call it, uh, Burton verse, the 
versus Batman Burton verse because he retained it as a producer. Now, yeah. what, what you're hearing right now is the only U2 song I've ever liked in my entire life. <laughs> Hold me, kill, thrill me, kiss me, kill me from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Uh, but that wasn't the best song from this soundtrack. <laughs> Seal's career was almost over. I think he was going to go into banking. And then they put this song, which he recorded years earlier, on uh, the Batman Forever soundtrack, and it got radio play, and it blew the fuck up. Like, remade his career. Like, this song was huge, Squeezer, right? Oh, you couldn't go anywhere. That, that In my mom's car, this is all you ever heard. Right, yeah. Delilah song. would roll this every night, at least once a night. Still does. <laughs> yeah, still does. Still gets fucking requests. I want to dedicate this. Could I dedicate... Seal, kiss from a rose to my sweet boy Squeezer. Um, Offspring had a cover of Smash It Up. It was actually pretty uh, good. I, I, I should call in and, and dedicate Kiss by a Rose to uh, Julie Madison. Shit. She. Because in a, in a few, in a, another Batman in a few years, Batman's going to get a little more handsome. And drop your ass. This is uh, the Damned cover by the offspring of Smash It Up. It's not bad. I don't know if any of these songs are in the movie. But uh, I know they cut Batman clips in all the videos for the big big ones. Mazzy Star was even on this squeezer. Ooh. That's right. The video for Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me was pretty cool too. It was like all comic booky and animated and uh, the lead jabroni from U2 is made to look, kind of look kind of like the Joker almost. And they had like an animated Riddler Jim Carrey in it, and there was some footage from the movie. It was it was good. Like this soundtrack's good. And I think there's even a Method Man song called The Riddler. I'll play a little bit of that for you. So Method Man, not a not a rapper to sell out, did a song called The Riddler. <laughs> Did he do a song about him selling out? I don't know what this whole music. Hold on, we're trying to well, hear the song. You gotta, you gotta have the lead in. You can't just go right in the song. It's like the, it's, it's, it samples the old. I, I like this as a kid, though. I was like, this song is fucking dope. Mainly because it sampled the 66 Batman song. And Method Man was the fucking king back then. Yeah. And Method Man knew comic books, so he put a lot of Batman into this song. I think Method Man has his own comic book now, too, by the way. I don't know for sure. I, I could Google it and verify. 
It's called Method Man. <laughs> Private oh. investigator Mosley Payne hasn't always been a PI. Before retiring to civilian life, he was a top agent as a, at, at an international conspiracy known as Order of the Secret Method. Yeah. Ah, I get it. Yeah. He is a big comic book nerd, Method Man. One of the comments. Oh, good for, then this, had, this had to have been like a dream then. Oh, I think so. Sample 66 and write a song about Batman. And he mainly talks about. I wouldn't about be surprised if he'd done it already. Oh, that's true. Uh, Just for fun. Mimi Robinson commented on the YouTube video Man, I went hard for this song over 20 years ago. LOL, I brought the single cassette and rewinded this over and over. LOL, didn't have a repeat button then. This beat still hit though. Firefire 2020? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I agree, Mimi. This is, this still hit though. I agree. All right, moving on, Squeezer. We're on to your fourth album, right? Whoa. Are we? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fourth. Your fourth album, Squeezer. Your first soundtrack. Your fourth. Can't talk. Your fourth soundtrack that is better than the movie. She walks softly, but she carries her fear. The most venomous feminist, homie, she ain't soft. You give her trouble and she might cut your head off. Or something that you like that thinks the best. She'll blow big holes in your chest. She says she got it because she says a lot of ladies won't. And if you complain once more, you'll be done. I'm loving you. And if you complain once Which one is this? This is uh, that's, Tank. That was Mockingbird Girl. Uh, the Magnificent Bastards is actually a Scott Weiland side project. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. A little Devo. Basically, Devo's like, they're big fans of the comic. Oh, uh, who isn't? Like, the comic's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, we want to do a song. And at the time? Well, said they took... Yeah. At the time, this was, I think, one of the best comic book adaptations ever. This was the movie I was... Yeah. I know. I know. But people shit on it, and it, it, people do consider Is this Mazzy Star? Uh, previously? Or just... No, right now. No, no. This is Portishead. That Portishead. This is, That's this, is like one of my, this is one of my favorite songs Portishead. Ever. Yeah, I know. You're a huge Portishead fan. I knew it was either Portishead or Mazzy Star. I get the two confused on a regular yeah. basis because I'm an idiot. Um, no, and I know it, it hurt to pick this, but uh, there's it gets it, look on the more of the the critical review end of it. Pe people did shit on it, um, just because they didn't and they didn't get it. Um, <clears throat> Ice T was a kangaroo ninja for God's sake. That's amazing, and it's got Malcolm McDowell. Um. And yeah, I, I I absolutely love the movie and I love this soundtrack. 
Um, I, I, and I feel bad picking it because uh, I, I don't want to say I think they're on par with each other. I think the soundtrack works perfectly with the movie, and the movie's not bad. It's just uh, I, I looked at it for more of a critical, uh, you know, box office kind of thing because it only did make like six million at the box office. So, mm. so you can argue that I can defend myself on just financially. Uh, someone that would wear a suit and tie would say that it sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a suit and tie, and I think it's awesome, even though they didn't bother to go through and you know remove the wires. But I guess you run out of money, and some people just don't care. Um, <clears throat> uh, Courtney Love was the what was her title? I, I found an old article that was there was a write up all about the soundtrack. Uh, the executive music coordinator. Uh, that's a fancy title for uh, she's the one that put all the songs together for the soundtrack. Now, so he actually did bring Courtney Love to do it. And then Hole wrote the song for it, too. I love Hole. I'm a big fan of yeah. Hole. And I think Court- Courtney Love might have killed or drove in Kurt to kill himself. But I think she's mm-hmm. super talented and knows what she's doing, even though she might mm-hmm. be crazy. Yeah. And no, and she knew what she was doing with this. Um, she went to Scott Weiland and she's like, hey, would you do a song? for uh tank girl soundtrack and he's like well actually uh he wasn't they weren't touring with stp at the time i'm sure they were he was fighting with them he was on Um, drugs (laughs) and uh he was doing this project with the magnificent bastards like a little side project and he's like yeah i got a song and they kind of made it work for the uh for the movie and that gave us mockingbird girl which is a pretty cool song uh and it's very scott weiland um L7's on here with Shove. Hole did a, a Drown Soda on here. You have Bomb from uh, Bush. Uh, Portishead, who, uh, with Rhodes, that, and that came off of um, uh, the previ- off of Dummy from 94. So it was an older song that came on, and then Portishead would actually then release... Um, uh, Portis Head, the album, uh, shortly after this. So it was kind of like a lead up to that. Because Rhodes uh, was huge in this. And the whole scene, the way it's used in the movie, is just awesome, too. Uh, in the like the dust shower scene, is pretty sick. Um, yeah, I, I love this album. And you get uh, Joan Jets on there, too. Um, Veruca Salt. It, like all, it, it just makes sense that when you list all these albums and, and then it's tank girl, like it just makes sense. Like it, 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 everything fits. Oh. And of course, Bjork, uh, army of me, same thing with jewel. I didn't know this, but army of me for as big as it was actually was released first on the tank girl soundtrack. And then like two months later, it was released on army of me. So I guess that was like a strategy. Get some of these hits out kind of a way to officially leak them to like get that single status going early mm. uh, and then uh ice t uh with his song big gun i mean if you have ice t in a movie like shit you gotta have him do something so gotta have him do something yeah but yeah i apologize for even picking this because uh i don't know i love them both well I kind of 
Are you, do you say everything you have to say about it before I do my weird... That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say. So I kind of have the same going on with my next pick. This movie was shit on. It's got a 17% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. People hate it. I like it. And I'm talking about Spawn the Movie. Soundtrack. Forget these guys. This hit is actually fucking awesome. Last but not least, I couldn't leave out one of my favorite bands, Incubus. The rates of my jaw is all set, but I'll say it again anyway. What you give is what you give. Look at you now, look at you now, y'all. Put in your place, put in your place, y'all. Oh, medicine, oh, medicine is smacked in the face, smacked in the face again. I fuck. I could listen to this album all night. Uh, they yeah. did something really cool when they really spawned the album. It was uh, they took a lot of like hard rock bands and had them do songs with like electric DJs, and not just like, not like, who's that fucking douchebag? Sorry if you like this, and I'm, I'm as Enchantress puts it, yucking your yum. But uh, fuck, I can't think. Tiesto or like one of those. It's not those. Like like good ones. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson was with the sneaker pimps uh, in that song, yeah. Long Road Out of Hell. Corn um, was with the fucking Dust Brothers, who scored fucking uh, Fight Club, uh, kicking the PA. Uh, Butthole Surfers was with Moby, and I'm sure fucking Metallica. That that mix of from whom the bell tolls, which is pretty cool, was with DJ Spooky. 
uh, Stabbing Westward with uh, Josh Wink. Uh, the Prodigy was with fucking Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello yeah. for One Man Army. Uh, Silver Chair was with Vitro for a song called Spawn. Henry Rollins with Goldie for T4 Strain. Incubus with DJ Greyboy for Familiar, which was the last song I played. Slayer with Atari Teenage Riot and Soul Coughing with Ronnie Size. Like, this is a fun fucking album. And um, Liam Hallett of the Prodigy said of their collaboration with Rage Against the Machine, it was a bit rushed. I did it in three days when I usually need a week. <laughs> the fact that he just needs a week. <clears throat> So I think what they did was they took like rock songs and they let these DJs like just remix them with, mm-hmm. with the tracks. And that's pretty cool. Now the movie squeezes, you like, do you like the spawn movie? I love it. Yeah. So do I, I fucking, I love it. I think it's, that's why I was, I was almost confused when you look, I know it's not perfect. And it, some of the CGI doesn't hold up necessarily, but some of it surely does. Right. I, I, and I love the, I was so into the comic books and the action figures and the comics, like everything with Todd McFarlane and image and spawn back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like I was such a fucking image Mark and, um, wild, the Jim Lee's wildcats and gen 13. Like I fucking, and, I was and like, when those figures came out, when those spawn figures came out, like right. that was like, in like thinking back, not worth a penny. Me, that's, not worth a penny because he made so fucking many of them, but they were like, they're like better than stuff that's made nowadays. Yeah. Like that's what I think of. McFarlane like when you toys. think of a figure now, it's like when you pay $30 for, you know, like a, a six inch, you know, like and it's that collectible status now, you know, these, yeah. these aren't kids toys. I just like, but these were kids toys, Yeah, but they had that level of detail and just, yeah, he made McFarlane darkness. toys. They made the kiss action figures too, which I bought Gene Simmons from Lenko and I still have it actually. <laughs> yeah. Mc, Todd McFarlane was a fucking King man. I was such a like fuck Marvel and DC. Although I'll still read their books image and fucking <laughs> spawn and wildcat <laughs> and McFarlane toys. Because I loved McFarlane's fucking Spider-Man shit, man. It was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, what Image did was, in the early 90s, was fucking incredible. Like, artist own. Like, we wouldn't have Rob Liefeld. You wouldn't have fucking Deadpool. Well, I think he, he went to Image after or, or Deadpool. But still, like, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Eric Larson... Uh, Todd McFarlane, uh, Mark Silvestri, Silvestri, Jim Valentino, like the best, some of the best of the best started Image Comic Books in 1992. And they made some great, Savage Dragons, another one. Kick-Ass, we wouldn't have Kick-Ass without Image Comic Books. And I know that they do The Walking Dead, I never got into them, but I know. Uh, Sorry, did you say, uh, did you say East to West? I did not say East to West. No, No, East to West, Yeah. yeah. East Love of that. West, East of West. Uh, yeah, you've talked about it before. I've never read East of West. Yeah. You were looking post-apocalyptic for... uh, demon children, and yeah, w- it's w- weren't you looking sick. for East of West shit when you were at New York Comic Con? Uh, yeah, because I I like the thick bound ones, uh, the hardback. Right, you uh, we were looking ones, at one of the yeah. stands. You were looking for East of West. Now, like you can go down the street and get it. Like they, everyone had Volume One, which I have. Yeah, new, and I could get the singles, but I want I want the solid. Comic Con has turned into like Noob Central, so. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah. Are you going? Are we going this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're gonna thin out the crowd a bit. Hmm. A bit. If if they cut it down to ten percent, it's, it's still too many still, people. Yeah. Still, like you couldn't. Yeah, it it stopped being fun. You can't walk. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, this album's really fun, and I did like the movie. And but it was it generally is not considered a good movie. But the soundtrack, I haven't watched the movie in years, but I could put the soundtrack on and fucking jam to this shit tomorrow. You could you could argue though that by you're not shitting on the film. No. But you could say the film is great. Right. But I would I you could argue that soundtrack is actually even better regardless. Just cuz Metallica alone's on it. I'm pretty sure that, you know, and Metallica Rage Against the Machine. I know they I hate to use this word cuz I think it's so fucking stupid, but canceled Marilyn Manson, I guess. That happened? I think so. I don't know, but oh, I, I right. generally like some of his music. So whatever. And I love Incubus and like even I like fucking uh I think it's Dennis Leary from the Butthole Surfers. Hold on, I could tell you. He Paul Leary, I'm sorry, Paul Leary from the Butthole Surfers produced fucking the all the best sublime music you love was done by Paul Leary of Butthole Surfers. And he does that song uh, I don't mind the sun sometimes. Uh, pepper. Pepper, yeah. I can taste you on my lips and smell you in my clothes. But uh, yeah, this this album, Stabbing Westward. Are you kidding me? I like me my Stabbing Westward. Right, yeah, that's right. You saw them at uh, Crock Rock, right? Uh, no, that was Static X. Static X. I started the show off with Stabbing Westward <laughs> from uh, Escape yeah, yeah, from L.A. Did, yes. Dawn. It was enjoyable. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly you saw where my music choices were in the 90s. Yes. Uh, and we will move on. Squeezer, your last movie soundtrack that you think is better uh-huh. than the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. It's a grain stew and mixed in Godzilla fucking noises. <laughs> I had the CD, by the way. I did too. Oh, Jesus Christ. The abomination. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I watched the SNL with him and Jimmy Page, and I was like, what did I just see? Wasn't another big song, Wallflowers, right? Is that on here? Is this Jamiroquai? This is Jamiroquai, yes. This actually charted in the UK off this album. This was a good song. Big hit for yeah. He needs me to tell you that Dave's the new. Yes. 
This is Rage Against the Machine, right? Yeah. Yeah. No shout there. This no is probably, shout there. probably my favorite uh, Rage Against the Machine song. You have no shelter here. This song's fucking awesome. Oh, Heroes, yeah. There it is. The fucking... Uh, we can be heroes. It, it, Bob, why is your like, son covering, making a shitty version of my song? <laughs> because Jacob knew that... Music for, uh, TV producers and movie producers are going to need a song to use in every one of their trailers and commercials. Right, and, and so they're not going to want to use David Bowie, so. I never got I that. I threw it on twice for you. I didn't, uh -huh. I, I didn't yeah, get it. Like, what was he doing? <clears throat> what, come with me? Yeah. I don't know. Who? Oh, you mean Jimmy Page? Yeah. That he too. He cashing a check. Yeah, I know. Because uh, he's like, fuck, fuck, if you're not going to get together and tour again, I'm just going to sell the song. I w they didn't even have to sell the song because he re-recorded it. Yeah. So it's not even a sample. Technically, it's technically not Cashmere, no. It's it's not Cashmere, no. No, it's Come With Me. Uh-huh, yeah. But um, to be fair, Rage Against the Machine did sample it for their song on The Matrix. Yes. Come Like a Bomb, is it? No. Uh... No, that was um, wake up or I know wake up, wake up. Yes, yeah, wake up. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was not. It's on their first album, but it was in. It was in. Um, it was in Matrix, and I know I watched Kurt Loder do a story like. Two bands are sampling Cashmere for movies coming out this year. And I'm like, that song's like fucking four years old, you dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, and but they used they used that with Nero flying away to the end credits, just like they were supposed to use Tesla, uh, Last Action Hero. But uh, one worked, one didn't. Um, one really worked, man. I used it. I, yeah. They had me because I was like the video kid at school. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And they had me uh, do a, a video tour of Parkland to show new students who came in. And I used mm -hmm. Wake Up in the video tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what did I use? Uh, oh, <clears throat> I used uh, Breathe for one of mine, for one of my school. Like the the opening for like the news show was Prodigy. And he's like, you can use it. Just no lyrics, because I think it's about doing drugs. I'm like, it eh, probably is about doing drugs. So. God, I um, had that CD with the crab hmm. on it. Yeah. Man, I'm not even, lamp. like, an electronic fan, but that Prodigy album was fucking hot. It's epic. It's what got me into it, pretty much. And then that that got me into it, and then, like, these movie soundtracks. That's well, where, like, Hacker, found, Hackers like, got me into Prodigy, like and then that album came out, and I'm like, this is fucking... Yeah. Like this, it, like for backyard wrestling, every kid used the song on the Prodigy album to come out to. Well, I used, ironically, I came, uh, I used um, Brain Stew, but not the Godzilla. Not remix, the, right? not the not Godzilla. Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> in, in, my, in my Green Day. Um, so if Green Day wants to get on the soapbox and start talking about musical integrity, just play that for him if you want to. Shut him down. Not that. Nick Did you play? Um, 
Thinks I'm having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting sheep, but running. The sun takes by and still I. Yeah. Is that because were you some sort of psychotic person? No, I just I just like the yeah kind of, but I kind of like the way it just it just I thought it sounded. Break cool. down your character for me, Squeezer. Who was your backyard wrestler there, character? I, what was no, his no, motivation? We, we didn't have characters really because oh. it was just me and one other kid. All my other friends are too big of pussies, so they just kind of. They either recorded it or helped light things on fire when the time came. And occasion, then there was one guy who was the – we had one friend who would let us do occasional things when we felt like just out of nowhere. Like we'd be wrestling for like 20 minutes and then just out of nowhere grab this kid and like double team him and because we, we had a couple of tag team moves we would use. Um, and uh, we would just beat up on him a bit and then go back to wrestling. Yeah, I, we did this cool – I would – it was a pump handle into a Famouser. So like – I would like get the kid up and like into like a pump handle into like like a pump handle drop, but as I pull him up, then this kid would come off like the top rope, i.e. the ladder, and then fucking leg drop right across his face. That was oh, pretty cool. Shit. Yeah. My um, <clears throat> character was called Genocide, and I came out Ooh. to Genocide by uh, the Offspring. Nice. I'll play a little nice. bit. Uh, no, we're talking. My character's name. <clears throat> we didn't really have names much, but if we, I did use a name, I went by Grimace because one day I wore a purple shirt and. Uh, oh really? I didn't even know that when I photoshopped Grimace. Well, let me start from the beginning because it's got a really good intro to come out to. This is when the crowd pops, Squeezer. Nice. The lights start going off. And this is when you burst through the... No, maybe I waited. Come out from the uh, back. The, the ECW wait? Yeah. Let half the song play before you walk out? Right. Yeah, this is... Was... Oh, yeah. When, when You know you're an ECW show when you're like 10... You're like, you know, like three verses in. like a concert. Oh, nostalgia addicts at Irish Muffin. I'm just catching up on the... So Todd owned a local comic shop in town called The Spider's Web that sold shit ton of stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was my, uh, that was my backyard wrestling theme. Nice. I was genocide. Uh, maybe if I would have had the I, I was in a stable called DWI Squeezer. Oh man, I wish I would have had enough people to have stables. Yeah, well, like you should have. If you would have lived a little closer to Parkland, your 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 sister school is like right across the street. It's like Whitehall, Parkland, Emmaus, and 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 it's totally like a weird vibe between each of the towns. And it's, <laughs> it is. It's all yeah. like off one street. Yep. But uh, yeah, we we uh, backyard rest. But we I it was very much a a not an ECW, but it more I was much more of a, the Vince McMahon uh, scripting everything. Squeezer. Ah, okay. And we taped it. Yeah, we taped all like we never made an actual show. Oh, see, it. I made a show. Like I I would uh, like post in stuff and. Um, like we do the promos separately and I'd cut those in 
yeah it was a whole it was a it was a show i was definitely vincing mm-hmm. our that's probably why everyone got sick of it <laughs> come on i just want to have fun to, this doesn't work i need you to come out here and cut a fucking promo ah ha ha it's beautiful uh, the the one track you gotta check out on this. I'm not telling you this, but uh, oh god! And this is the where Angelo did play by play for one of our shows. Are you shitting me? Yeah. That oh. Oh, please tell me you you. You burnt went the tape. Right through the announce <laughs> table and you took him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got hit by a Sony monitor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, a A three twenty, A three twenty, by the Foo Fighters. Yes, is on this track on this album. Oh, and it's awesome. Totally awesome. It's 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 something completely out of the. Uh, dude, I had I had this CD and I listened to the whole thing and I loved it all except, like I hey, listen I I even listened to the cashmere song because it's fucking cashmere with a guy talking over it you know it wasn't yeah. that bad <laughs> um but it's got like strings in it and shit it's it's really like got some ups and downs it's a cool song all right okay i'm on board i'm on board yeah i had i had the album so i i completely agree this movie was fucking awful it bombed it got it, a cartoon was, though this was so <laughs> this was supposed to be the next big thing oh yeah this was Move over, Jurassic Park, and Independence Day. Here comes Godzilla. Yeah, well, Roland Emmerich directed it. Yeah, the the marketing was like, uh, uh, shit, like whatever the what, I don't know <clears throat> what was the budget for Godzilla. Uh, one hundred and fifty million dollars. But the fact that look at the first line of the plot on Wikipedia: an iguana nest is exposed to a fallout of a military. Uh, are you kidding me? An iguana nest? That's uh, yep. he's an iguana. Yep. Are you fucking serious? Ah, uh, yeah. And then you know, so hundred. I I guarantee you, they doubled the budget in in marketing alone. Oh yeah, it was at least three hundred million because they lost. It was mo- at least three hundred million. They lost money on this, and it made three seventy nine. So. Yeah, I mean they lose they was... they quote lose money on every picture in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know true. how they stay in business, but there's so many tie-ins and uh and and then and then it's just a shitty version of Jurassic Park. I can't believe this made three hundred seventy-nine million dollars. Jesus fucking Christ, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you still people still want to see it. You don't know it's bad until you go to see it. I think it made a lot because of the Taco Bell tie-ins. Yeah, well, it worked for me. <laughs> With the chihuahua, trying to catch it. There was so many toys. KB, I was like working at KB when this came out. We had so much Godzilla shit. Trendmasters made it all. And me, like it was my dream. Like, oh my god, I see a TV cameraman in a movie. That's gonna be me one day. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's the most unrealistic. No one in their fucking mind. Like, no, he would be sitting at home anyway because he's, you know. It had a cartoon on Fox. Done. That was the craziest thing. It got its own cartoon. Did it really? Yeah, nineteen ninety-eight to two thousand. The cartoon lasted longer. I don't remember that. Yeah. Directly tied into the movie. 
Yeah, there was going to be a franchise. There was going to be movie after movie. There's going to be a, it was going to be a trilogy. A trilogy. Oh, it's beautiful. At twenty years later, they finally got it. But yeah, I mean, I guess. Kind of, sorta. I didn't. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of any of those. Uh, any of those um, the Godzilla movies at all, but uh, Enchantress likes them, and you know they're not bad, but never been the biggest fan of uh, like uh, you know the kaiju. Like I was excited for the what the fuck was the the monster movie Cloverfield, and then I, that was nothing but a goddamn letdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, shall we move on to? Oh, this is your last one. My last pick. My last pick. Oh, good, because my voice is. Yeah, my voice and my bladder <laughs> is about out. to explode. Um. All right. So we're gonna play. Uh, here is my next pick. It's from a movie that wasn't that good, although people love it, but it's not good. But it has a pretty kick-ass soundtrack. I want to... I want to be someone else You know, the common thread in all my fucking pick squeezer? What's that? Butthole Surfers are on almost every album I've done. <laughs> They're on the Romeo and Juliet album with Whatever I Had a Dream. This is number one crush by Garbage, who was fucking hot as shit in 97 when this came out. Uh, Local God by Everclear. Angel by Gavin Punch. Uh, Kissing You, which is a slow song. Butthole Surfers. The Cardigans Loveful, uh, and then talk show host on Mew Radio. It has got a radio song on it, Radiohead song on it. I love the soundtrack. And, uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I had it. on CD, vinyl. I'm a big fan of it. And the movie is kind of fucking awful. <laughs> the best part of it kind is of. Paul Rudd, and he gets – I mean, who do you go for? Paul Rudd or Leo DiCaprio in that? Like, uh, Can we get a threesome going on here, boys? <laughs> We just hang out together and drink beer on a boat. <laughs> like I'm not talking sexual, Squeezer. Fucking hanging out, like Claire. Claire uh, me- meanwhile, I-, I put my chips in with John Leguizamo. And- <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Hey, John Leguizamo, do you still have your uh, costume from Spawn? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, hey, you got two John Leguizamo features on your list. Yeah, we could get a little weird if you want. But um, that's it. Uh, this album's good, and I left it last because I didn't have anything to say, but I don't like the movie because it's basically Romeo and Juliet, and it's really hard to follow. Uh, but uh, the cover of the kids, Quindon Tarver, doing Dove's Cry is pretty dope. <coughs> Let me see if I can find that for you. Here we go. This is the, when the, the choir of the kids doing Dove's Cry from Prince. 
this scene was so fucking weird. This movie's so weird. Yeah. Maybe like can- like so many candles. Yeah. <sighs> Made me think, you know, oh, someone had to light all those. Yeah. That is that in uh. Australia. Or Baz Lerman. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 such a weird. I don't know because it's such a good soundtrack, but it's such a weird soundtrack for a movie like I don't know like. Whereas like the Tanker one, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all we got. We've talked about uh, movies soundtracks that we think are better than the movies. How'd you think we do, Squeezer? I think we did all right. I think so too. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. I don't know if we upset anyone. I'm sure there might be someone out there. I mean, Godzilla—that's the greatest Godzilla movie ever. Well, it's well, not. It, <laughs> Matt, Matt B from Hollywood. Um, Matt B. Uh, we got no new. Uh, uh, Roderick, Roderick. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. This Godzilla movie hits like nothing else. Sarah JP also agrees. <laughs> That's all we got, guys. Let's close it out. I can, I have the closing music on standby. I'm ready for it. Oh, hold on. Still got one Dove's Cry playing. Hold on. There we go. Ah, nice. That's all right. We'll be back next week. Squeezer, what are we talking about next week? Oh, I had this written down somewhere. Uh, do I have to pull it up? Because I yeah, don't know I'm it off the top of my now. head either. It's Burger King memories. We're talking all of our favorite things from the retro Burger King. It's an all Burger King show on next week's episode of the Rad Years podcast. But for now, I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. We'll talk to you next week.